0: Welcome to I'd Rather Stay In with your hosts, Megan Myers and Steffi Bredmore. This week, we're chatting about divorce with our special guest, Megan Pablo Cowie. Stay tuned. Hello, hello. Hey, Steffi.
1: What is up with you this week?
0: Uh, I would like to say that I've been a victim of influencer marketing lately. <laughs> And I'm not sad about so it. I'm so sorry. What, uh, <laughs> what crime did influencer marketing commit against you this week? Uh, well, it made me spend money. Um, well, so always. I, <laughs> I bought one of those enormous water bottles I love it. because I realized that I have not been drinking enough water, especially since this whole pandemic situation. Which is funny because I have worked from home for like five years, something insane. So, it's not like I'm new to being at home all the time. Um, but I haven't been drinking water and uh, it's been affecting my body. And so I realized I need to do something about that. So I bought this giant half gallon water bottle. Love uh, and I love it. It's pretty great. I what immediately brand is had it? to, it's a hydro jug.
1: Hydro jug? Oh.
0: It's a bottle, it has a nice handle. So it's easy to carry and like, drink if you don't use a straw but you can buy a separate straw for it um you can buy a separate sleeve which i got it has a sleeve that um is like insulated like a neoprene kind of uh-huh. thing it has a pocket i guess for a phone or keys or something if you're working out with it and like a strap
1: how very fancy
0: yeah so i got that looking- and then i also got some new shampoo and you. i'm actually like on their website and they're
1: not like super expensive either they're they actually are like pretty affordable so
0: yeah uh and you can get like sets i should have got a set so you could have like one that was clean all the time and then you could wash the other one and still have a jug but oh instead of being i like, think like that far ahead using
1: the same thing day after day after day and then you that is what it's i do yes absolutely <laughs> disgusting and then you're like oh my god what have i been drinking
0: Yep. Yep. So yeah, I have that. I have some new shampoo that I'm trying out, and uh, I just I got those new socks too. I guess technically those are not maybe influencer marketing, but I did first hear the brand through influencer marketing. So you were
1: influenced by me, who said, "Hey, I'm ordering some Bomba socks. Do you want to add anything to my order because I'm getting free shipping anyway?"
0: Right. I do like the socks. I already have them. Uh, I mean, would we pick anything else?
1: Absolutely not. You know,
0: we don't. Absolutely not. It's fine.
1: <laughs> Yeah, I'm wearing my little, I got their like slipper sock things and they're so soft. I'm nice. really into them. Yeah, I love Bombas socks. Um, yeah, I may end up having to get one of these hydro jugs because currently I drink out of a soup container. <laughs> size soup container but it's like open and the cat sticks her head in it all the time to drink out of it as well so
0: yes it is pet proof yeah this is the this is, is, is actually pet small. proof
1: cora proof so <laughs> you know it's details it's, it's fine everything is fine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what else has been going on with you this week
1: I feel like not much. I feel like it's been a pretty chill week over here. You know, we're just, we, uh, it, um, finally got above like 35 degrees here yesterday. And I was like, Oh my God, it's like shorts weather.
0: It's so it's like warm it's out. So,
1: it's so warm. <laughs> Bless our hearts. <laughs> I have like some zero temperatures for like two weeks straight. I went to the store yesterday
0: and I, I know, I went to the store yesterday and didn't even put my puffy coat on and I was like, man, so lovely. This morning I went out, I went out in the yard this morning and I didn't put a coat on at all. Oh my goodness. Ridiculous. Immediately acclimated to the... (laughs) <laughs> a new situation in my life apparently
1: right <laughs> yeah i have to go somewhere this afternoon and i might just wear like my little like puffy vest and, like not my full coat and I'm just, what am i gonna do with myself i don't know it's crazy it's crazy i mean we are also, almost through february which is bananas i guess but i know scares, february will be it will over, be march yeah bananas
0: i'm shocked how fast the snow melted too
1: oh yeah like, we I had mean, a good amount now. of snow course now it's muddy as shit so the dogs are tracking mud everywhere but yes it's fine it's the that's the pits (laughs) of being a dog owner in the midwest it's fine it's fine so we have spent a lot of time on this podcast talking about relationships and marriage but there's an aspect of these things that we cannot ignore what happens when relationships end
0: Divorce is a reality for many, but our society still treats this reality as if if it's something to be ashamed of, when the truth is that in many instances, it is the best outcome for everyone involved. To talk to us about her experiences and to help us break down the stigma, we are joined by our friend Megan Pablo Cowie. Welcome, Megan.
2: Hello, ladies. Thank you for having me.
1: Thank you for being here. So tell our listeners a little about yourself.
2: Okay, a little bit about me. Um, I am a mom of three. That is um, a stepmom and a mom to two little ones. So I have a stepdaughter, Juliana, who is eight. I have a daughter, Hazel, who is two. And I just had a baby boy named Marcos uh, born last September, who's about five months And I am currently a stay-at-home mom and business owner. So my husband and I, uh, Abel, we run a local drywall painting slash assorted home improvement uh, business here in Bloomington.
1: And you do amazing work. (laughs) Thank you. I mean, I I basically hired you to do something in almost every room of my house at this point. So... (laughs) My house is like a walking Able Paints advertisement.
0: (laughs) And I am here for it. (laughs) So, Megan, you experienced getting married and divorced in your 20s. Can you tell us about that experience?
2: Sure. Well, and actually, I've been married, divorced, and remarried all in my 20s. So Uh, true, true, So I've been busy, uh, the past decade, um, but specifically my divorce, um, I would say the divorce itself was kind of a slow burn. So it was a long relationship. Um, I think it was around seven or eight years. And that included like dating off and on at the beginning, um, married for, I think three, uh, and I probably knew I wasn't happy. And, I came to the realization, probably a year before I actually got the divorce, that uh, I knew in my heart of hearts this wasn't something that was going to survive for a lifetime. Um, And so before, um, that was before I ripped the Band-Aid off, I I kind of knew what was coming. um, But once I committed and admitted to how I really felt, and I started to take the steps Um, of actually making it happen the divorce itself was actually pretty quick now we didn't have kids we were fairly young still so there wasn't like a bunch of assets and things to divide uh, nothing to make it super messy uh, like you like you hear about sometimes Um, I I do think that The actual realization and admitting that the marriage was failing was actually a lot more difficult than the divorce itself, simply because the divorce was the actual resolution to the problems that I was having. So the divorce was actually a very pivotal and positive time for me, although super stressful and emotional as well.
1: I think that's important. I think that um, I talk a lot about how. Multiple things can be true at once, like conflicting feelings can be all happening at the same time and like multiple things that you think are conflicting can coexist. And so I like that you say that because like you can say that something was like you knew that it was the right thing and it was giving you this like resolution that you needed while also still being hard. Those things can totally be both be true.
2: Right. And I think the the interesting thing about my divorce and one of the things that made it very difficult was that it, when you tell people you're going to get a divorce, it's like they want a really clear and cut reason. Simply saying, I realized I'm not compatible with this person. I feel unhappy most of the time. People have like, they almost like yearn and that's including my family, my friends, his family and friends, like everybody wanted this big reason, like, Oh, uh, like abuse or, you know, some major disagreement or somebody cheated on somebody or something like that. It's almost like, you know, people were searching for that. So I think that was like the internal conflict. Cause I had a lot of people looking at me like, why, why you're nothing is wrong. Like, exterior wise, people couldn't understand where my emotions were coming from. So as much as I was like excited for this new chapter, there was also a lot of emotional trauma because I felt like people thought I was doing this for, for no reason, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, it totally does. I wonder, and I wonder if that's actually the case for most divorces. I I mean, I haven't looked that up at all, but um, I think, I think we hear about the ones that are, like, super messy, or there's a super clear, like, reason. But I would guess that a lot of them, it's just things fizzle out, and there's no clear, oh my gosh, this one thing is the reason. Um, so it's interesting that so many people in your life wanted that, when I, I would guess that's actually the more common way that things happen is it just fizzles.
0: I think a lot of people in general are always looking for explanations for things so they can understand it. And if there's not something clear like that, then they're just confused, especially when it comes to relationships because there's so much in relationships that happens under the surface that people don't know about. Like they see they might see you interacting at a dinner or a restaurants going out to the park or whatever, but they don't know exactly what's going on in your relationship. And so if see things seem fine in public, it's just super jarring to see something else happen. Right. And I think that's what happened um, with his
2: family. And I do think it's probably a coping mechanism, especially for people who were a very close part of my life, because when I um, – pulled the trigger and said, this is what I want. This is what I'm going to do. I had made attempts to reach out to his family. Obviously they had been a part of my life for um, almost a decade at that point, a few years shy of a decade. And so I really wanted them, like I desperately wanted them to understand where I was coming from. Um, And I really didn't get that opportunity. And I think that was like the hardest part of healing after this was that they didn't really want to. They didn't want to hear me out. And now looking back, I realize that is probably just the way they emotionally needed to cope with it. They needed a clean and cut um, ending to it. And since I wasn't gonna give them that hard reason that they felt they needed, I don't think they really wanted to hear my explanation. And so I think that was the most emotional part for me was because this was a second family to me, and I just desperately wanted them to hear me out and understand where I was coming from, why I was making this decision, and they never really gave me that opportunity. And obviously now it's been a long time and I'm over it, but I I do specifically look back at that time and think, gosh, I wish they would just let me explain where my emotions were coming from. But even so, I don't know that they would have accepted my answer because I really felt like they wanted some you know and like you said it's just it's just so people can understand and be like oh well of course of course that had to end and i i couldn't give that to them so they didn't really want to hear my side of the story
1: yeah that makes sense so even though you'll hear statistics i think we still hear a lot of the statistics that say that the divorce rate is around 50% i actually found multiple um, resources that said that is actually closer to 39%. That's, um, divorce is still a taboo topic in many ways, despite those statistics, um, especially if you're young. Can you talk to us about how the stigma around being a young divorcee affected you?
2: Yeah. So that was, I, I think, another, and you hear about different types of divorces and, and what was most difficult. A lot of times it's Children and homes and and things like that. And mine, since I didn't really have those, one of the most traumatic parts of my divorce actually had a lot to do with the stigma of divorce. Um, I had a lot of fun with a previous employer right around the time of my divorce. Uh, I found out after my divorce, uh, when I started dating again, that my boss was actually telling the person I was seeing who happens to be my husband now, uh, that he should be cautious seeing me because quote unquote, all young women who divorce go through a crazy and wild phase and that (laughs) he, (laughs) yeah. And that, um, and that he was probably not the only person I was going to be seeing. So...
1: I just have my head in my hands right now. (laughs) What a dick.
2: It was pretty awful. It was embarrassing. Obviously, um, Abel didn't believe any of that. And as soon as I knew that, I immediately quit and also (laughs) threatened some legal action against that person. uh, Just to basically just to tell them. Uh, it's not okay to do that. Like you can't, you can't make those uh, assumptions about people and also be talking about that in the work environment. It didn't go anywhere. But that was probably actually more traumatic uh, than my divorce because I was so emotionally fragile in that moment. I was new to the dating scene. I was nervous about how quickly I, re- I had gone into a new relationship after the divorce. So I was like treading really carefully, trying to guard my emotions, and then to find out. That this person was saying these sorts of things and and, and kind of in a sort of a way sabotage my first relationship, new relationship out of divorce was like really just a slap in the face. It was really, really difficult uh, to accept that someone was a making those assumptions about me when they didn't know me that well. Uh, And also kind of attacking my character during a time where I was feeling really vulnerable uh, and emotional already. So that was definitely one of the unique factors of my divorce, I think. And also probably one of the most difficult parts of it as well.
0: So as you mentioned, you're now remarried and are a mother of three. When you started dating after your divorce, did you find the actual act of you know, finding a date, going out, explaining that you are a divorced person. Was that difficult? What was that like? So I had
2: a really short period of time where I was like, oh, no, like the new way of the world is dating apps. I don't want to do okay. this. <laughs> I'm not interested <laughs> in doing that. And I was like, I, you know, I had a little bit of freak out. Um, but honestly, there, was, there wasn't really a lot of dating. Uh, I, I fell pretty quickly after getting my divorce, which I'm sure my ex-in-laws really <laughs> loved when they got wind of that. But yeah. Um, it really did happen quickly. I knew my husband or my current husband. I knew him. I worked with him. He was a friend of mine. So he actually knew and he witnessed me going through the divorce. Uh, And it, it went pretty quickly from friendship to relationship after my divorce was, um, formally like finalized. Um, I was really scared, honestly, that it was, um, like I was rebounding and I, I think that was like what I was perceiving from others. Like I was really worried people were seeing me dating, dating my person. And I think I was casting that on myself cause I was like, Oh, everyone's going to think this is just a rebound relationship. And I think also because of the situation with my former employer, I was already feeling a little self-conscious about it. Um, and I was worried everyone thinks I'm crazy for jumping into this new relationship so quickly. Um, but oddly enough, I, I just knew right away. I knew that I needed um, him in my life. I followed my intuition. I assured my family and friends I couldn't explain it at, at the time, but now more than ever, I, I know that my husband is, is absolutely my soulmate. Um, I, and I'm in the happiest and most importantly, the healthiest relationship of my life. Um, looking back now that I'm in the relationship I'm in, it's, it's near impossible to envision it it changing ever, me, me being with anybody else at this point. And it's really interesting to kind of reflect on those former relationships, especially when I had something as profound as a previous marriage and somebody that I loved enough to commit, originally commit my life to, looking back and, and, and comparing it to not just that relationship, but all my relationships, uh, it was kind of like a oh, so this is what a healthy relationship looks like. So the dating scene was not really super existent for me. I, I fell really quickly for my husband, not long after my divorce. Um, and so I'm actually pretty grateful that I didn't have to endure
0: <laughs> the dating scene. I always say that if uh, anything happened to my husband, we if he something happened to him or we got divorced, I'd just be like, I'm not, I can't do the d- online dating. No apps. I would swipe the wrong way on the
1: apps. I know I would always swipe the wrong way and be like, why am I matching with people I said I didn't like? What's (laughs) happening? Like, it's too much. I can't do it. It's too complicated. So, So I want you to kind of expand on that last thing that you were talking about of how different your current relationship is and how much healthier your current relationship is than any of your previous relationships. What... What are some of the things that you were more aware of going into your current marriage that maybe you weren't as aware of heading into your first or even previous dating relationships?
2: So I think uh, the main thing I noticed was that in my current relationship, we really truly are two individuals that enjoy being a part of one another's lives. Whereas in my previous relationships, like the ups and downs of how I were feeling were always tied to how well my partner was doing. Um, And I was just felt like I was always on this roller coaster because I had my own emotions. And then I was also like, you know, like riding these waves of emotions of my partner. Um, So going into this one, I was, I was so much more aware of the why behind the relationship. Why do I want to be with this person? Um, Because my first marriage, my ex-husband, he had some trauma in his past and that did result in some tumultuous years together and then once he turned his life around him and his family they sort of like credited me for like helping quote-unquote save him and I think they them putting me on the pedestal is why I stayed so long in that relationship when I shouldn't have because I felt like oh wow like I really helped this person turn his life around wow all these people think I'm amazing and special and I felt very loved um and I think on my other relationships, too, I was always basing my self-worth on how well my partner was doing when really him and I, we weren't very compatible. And that and that's the truth. And when I was you know, telling him I wanted the divorce, I'm like, we just don't see the world the same. We, we, we see through completely different lenses, uh, which makes me feel like you don't understand me on a deep level. And I don't know that you ever will. Um and so, yeah, it, it, the, second, the second marriage, I really wanted to be with my husband because I liked my husband. He listened. He understood me on a deep level. And he always continues to want to learn more about me, why I think the way I think, why I make the decisions, why I react to certain things, why I don't react to other things. Um, and he, you know, he supported me. He made me feel lifted up. Um, and I and I enjoy spending time with him. So it's That was the main thing is the why I I feel like in my previous relationships, I was always getting like my value of myself was really always based on how well they were doing. And right now I'm in a relationship where I I am my own person and I'm 100% feel like I'm my authentic self once again. And I know that my husband is completely himself and we actually just compliment one another versus, you know, basing our value off one another. Does that make sense?
1: Totally. I, like, want to (laughs) applaud. Because I think that's, like, such a key, that you can just be yourself with somebody else who is also being themselves instead of feeling like...
0: You have to perform or something.
1: Yeah, you have to perform, or someone else's well-being is tied to your well-being, or, like, any... Like, honestly... I know that if something happened to Alex I would be devastated and I know that if something happened to me Alex would be devastated but I also know that we both could carry on and in some ways I think that that is helpful. Like I know that we are both our own people and we make each other better and we um lift each other up and all of those things but like if something happens to one of us, the other person will be able to carry on because we haven't tied up our personalities into each other. Does that make sense?
2: Yes, absolutely. And that's, you know, coming out of that divorce, that was the one thing I had to work on in therapy specifically was letting go of that concern I was worried because he had had some um, mental ups and downs throughout our relationship. And so my number one fear, and I, I mean, I would cry myself to sleep at night because obviously I cared about this person and they spent a good part of my life with me. And so when it ended, I had this almost to an irrational point fear that he was going to harm himself, that he was going to spiral out of control and go back to like the tra- the traumatized person that I met at the beginning when things were a little bit rough. I was like... This is it. He's gonna just go off the cliff if I'm not there to support him, and I'm the only one that can get him out of this because I had spent so many years believing that that he needed me so badly just to function and then, like not viewing him as his own individual self, which was really kind of ridiculous on my part. Um, but it's what I it was a learned behavior, and so I was so emotional. I was so worried that. Um, he was going to go off the rails just simply because I was gone. Um, which sounds, I mean, silly now when I look back, but that's the, that's the way I had been conditioned over those years that if I, because I saved this person, if I wasn't there or whatever, things would just go off track. Um, and so it's that intertwining that I really had to like undo. I really had to do some self-reflection and, and my husband now is just excellent at, recognizing it and making me realize like if he's having a bad day, it's his bad day. And I don't need to, I don't, my day doesn't have to be bad because of it. If that makes sense. He's always like, you know, I just need to, I'll be fine. You don't have to. I, I used to be like, what can I get you? What can I do? I want to make it better, which is loving and fantastic, but not always necessary. And he's really taught me like, it's okay if I'm having a ba- baby, just let me have it. Like you don't have to come in and save the day and fix it. Uh, so he's good at reminding me uh, when I fall into those patterns of feeling like I have to fix everything that I don't actually have to fix everything.
0: I don't think that's silly at all, and I think that the situation that you're explaining is actually a reason that a lot of people stay in relationships that they shouldn't be in anymore. Um, so I, I appreciate you describing and you know getting through that and and growing and moving on. Thank you. If someone listening is going through a divorce or has been recently divorced, what advice would you give them?
2: So I I feel like the one thing I would say and that I do say to people when I meet people who are are going through it is that it's okay to be happy <laughs> in divorce. Uh, it's okay to celebrate the end of a chapter that really actually needed to end. Uh, so many times when I told people I was getting divorced, they they're. they're knee-jerk response is of course, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. Oh my gosh, I had no idea. You were so unhappy. I feel terrible that I didn't know. And it kind of threw me because I was in this place like, no, 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 no. It's it's fine. Like I'm I'm really proud that I took a stand for my own happiness. I, I'm looking forward to this new beginning. And and so many people associate divorce with doom and gloom and uh, that you almost feel ashamed to be happy or celebratory for starting over. Uh, So whenever people tell me they're getting a divorce, uh, I can tell they're almost like bracing themselves for the negative response. And I'm always like, oh, wow, congratulations. Like, welcome to your new chapter. (laughs) I think it always kind of surprises people at first, but there's a sense of relief in that response. um, And I always follow up with, was it the right choice? Is this what what you needed in your life, uh, and of course, the answer is like, yes, it, I, I wasn't happy. So I, I try to make sure I congratulate people instead of telling them I'm sorry that they're going through a divorce.
1: You you mentioned earlier, um, you said something about how for you your divorce was the resolution of the things that you had been experiencing and feeling, and and that like I feel like that circles back to that where you know, for you, it was, okay, I've taken the steps, I am, this is happening, and so the actual divorce itself was, like, a peaceful thing for you, so, I, good job bringing that back around. Um, Thank you. (laughs) If, so, if there's one thing you want everyone to know about divorce, I think, specifically people who have not been through divorce, what would it be?
2: I think... I think there's the one thing I would want everyone to know is that if you in your gut are feeling like, um, I should be happier. This should be coming a little bit easier to me. I don't feel completely understood. If you're having those thoughts or those feelings however subtle they may be, if you're feeling that way, then that, that probably means you are in a situation where maybe it's not the perfect fit for you. And, I, I would just urge people, if, if they have the resources available to, to seek therapy, I was so scared to hear what my friends and family would think. And I also knew their answers uh, and possibly emotional responses would only make me feel more confused about what I should do because obviously I care and value their opinion. And I knew that people would probably be a little surprised when I told them I was going to be going through a divorce. And so going to that third party, completely unbiased, completely unrelated, does not know my husband, doesn't know me. And just sharing my thoughts and my feelings just as they're coming out of me and then getting that unbiased feedback really helped me realize just how badly I needed to move on and and, and how ready uh, I was to do so. And I think if I would have just been bouncing this idea and these feelings off of My, you know, my tribe, the people that were close to me, I'm sure some of them would have been like, you know, do what's right, do what's right for you. But I also think I would have overanalyzed responses. I would have worried about, um, emotional responses. Probably my parents were emotional when, when I went through this, um, and, and rightfully so. but I think if I would have just went to the people closest to me, I probably it probably would have lasted a lot longer. I probably would have held off and pumped the brakes and and really over analyzed, overthought the decision I was making. And when I went to somebody who had no relation to me, it was pretty clear and cut <laughs> you know it, it became a really clear realization that no this is this is what's healthy and this is what I need to do And, and my therapist confirmed that for me and it was just really reassuring.
0: That is really great, and I think, I mean, we talk about therapy all the time on this show, and Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good point, because people, your friends, they want, they want you to be happy, and they generally think that, you know, they, they view divorce as a sadness, like you said, and they think that, you know, breaking up would be bad, so getting those outside opinions, I think, is super important. So thank you so much for sharing your story with us and our listeners. But before we go, let's talk about what's bringing us joy this week. So what is bringing you joy right now, Megan? Oh, most of the time it's my
2: kids. (laughs) Uh, They are uh, – Jules, my stepdaughter, is just amazing all the time. She's eight years old. She's like – she's just my little buddy. I I always have a blast just chatting with her. She's not with us full time, so it's always fun. We get her every other weekend, so like this weekend – um, she's coming over, and we have an ongoing Monopoly game with Grandma. We've got some paint-by-numbers we're working on. So I love that her and I have little projects that like we get to look forward to together. Um, and then Hazel is just, a, just a, about a month uh, past her two-year birthday, and her personality is just like shining through and we just started her in her first like hobby uh she's in a gymnastics class primarily because she likes to walk on the back of the couch like a cat and do all sorts of scary things <laughs> <laughs> and I want to give her an outlet that's uh, safe and padded for that behavior so she started gymnastics and and it's just amazing to watch her it's like oh my god she's my little baby and now she's like doing all these crazy things. And I just, I have so, it's a mom and tot sort of setup and I get to do it with her and it just really fills my heart up. And then Marcos is just like the easiest five month old ever. Like he just smiles, eats and sleeps. And so I just love on him constantly. So all my kids are just at these like really nice ages where there's like more enjoyable moments than there are unenjoyable moments. And so I'm really just like soaking it all up because, you know, it all changes by the second with kids. But right now everybody's just like, they're just really fun, so that's been bringing me the most joy lately.
1: And you're and you're actually sleeping because I I, know, I, I,
2: I, know I am well. sleeping. Didn't sleep
1: much before she was like a year old, so <laughs> now you're like I'm sleeping. Maybe that's the thing that's really bringing you joy is the sleep.
2: That is probably uh, yeah no you're probably right, and I'm just not realizing it because you know I haven't slept in two and a half years. I I literally joke with everybody uh, that, that I'm like, I'm doing sleep training with the two kids to just try and get them synced up and, uh, you know, make my life <laughs> a tad bit more organized. And I think <laughs> like two nights ago, both children slept through the night till like six 30 in the morning. And I kid you not, like I, my parents think I'm being like dramatic. I, but I was like, no, you guys don't understand that's, like, the first time I've slept through the night in two years. Like, I was emotional about it because <laughs> I, aside from a, a wedding that I went to, like, I was—I had a baby who hated sleeping, which was Hazel. And then I got pregnant not, not long after that. So even when she would, like, have random nights of sleeping, I was waking up to pee, like, every three hours. So I literally haven't, like, slept through the night aside from, like, starting two nights ago in probably two years. So, yeah, that probably should have been my, my
0: number one joy right now. <laughs> I constantly tell people that I've been tired for 13 years, so yes, yeah. Now that my now that my younger one is pretty self sufficient, we went and got a dog, so <laughs> I kind of you
1: know ruined
0: that situation of sleeping in.
1: Who now sleeps on your head? Small details. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Okay, other Megan, what's bringing you joy?
0: Um, I have so much ice cream in my freezer right now. <laughs> so much ice cream.
1: You Yeah, you did you were doing recipe testing, right?
0: Yes. So for those of you who don't know, I am a recipe editor for a regional magazine. And the theme for July is was ice cream. So I had to make, I think I made seven, eight ice creams. I don't even remember now because it was so many. I went and I counted all the containers and there are 17 containers of ice cream in my freezer. So I am... Set, but uh it's making me really happy because I really like ice cream. And so just I just have this in. wide variety of flavors to enjoy.
1: Dip in a spoon and like one, and then like take another bite of a different one.
0: Ryan, I have like my own little Sunday situation happening. It's great. I it's love like when it. you go
1: to Baskin Robbins and you like, gotta test all the flavors. You've got your own little Baskin Robbins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> test all
0: the flavors. The other benefit is that uh, a couple of the flavors are ones that the kids are not going to eat at all. So they're really just for me and my husband. So (laughs) it's super. And it can't be meant to that at all. I'm probably going to have some uh, problems eating all this ice cream, but like internally. I suppose
1: (laughs) I shall take it upon myself to help you. Gosh, what a hard This It's going to be the hardest thing about our friendship. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it.
0: (laughs) <laughs> we'll see we've already eaten like a lot of it I'm surprised but
1: you know I am not because I feel like every time we're over there your boys are like can we have ice cream for dessert so they are ice cream fiends
0: they truly truly are but I can't really say no when we have so much of it so no, it's, it's, fine. True.
2: it's true <laughs> I feel like I need to have ice cream for lunch now <laughs> I
1: know the best part about, being forgot adult- about ice cream Girl, I was, so I was at Megan's house last week for, for something, and I offhandedly, like in a conversation with her, mentioned that I'd had a cookie for breakfast, and Max from the other room goes, a cookie for breakfast? And I was like, but it's the only useful part of being an adult. <laughs> like, you can have a cookie for breakfast, you can have ice cream for lunch, you can have cereal for dinner,
0: live your yeah. life. Yeah. <laughs> mm. That's what I tell them all the time. I'm like, you can have whatever you want when you're an adult, but when you live here, <laughs> you have to eat vegetables. Just gotta uh. make
1: it for 18 years.
0: <laughs> so, Steffi, what is bringing you joy?
1: So, uh, my husband's been doing some freelance recipe development, and the last couple of days, we've just been, like, bouncing ideas off of each other, and I really enjoy that. Like, we're such nerds, and we're such food nerds. Um, I love like when he comes into my office and is like, okay, I've been thinking about this and these flavor combinations. Like, what do you think about that? And then we just like kind of go back and forth, like trying to refine like where he wants to go with it and like what things sound good. And then eventually we like rabbit trail into other things we want to make. And I just really, I enjoy that. I enjoy that part of our relationship of our shared nerdiness around food. So that's that's fun. It is fun. It is really fun. So have been enjoying that. So next week, we're going to do another mini-sode, a little bit of a quarantine mental health update since, you know, we've been in quarantine for basically a year now.
0: Yeah, it's been quite a year, full of ups and downs. And uh, (laughs) I feel like there's a light at the end of the tunnel now. So we will... Check in and see how each of us are doing and talk about our hopes for the rest of the year. Until then, be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and listen to us on your favorite platform. You can also follow us on social media at IRSI Podcast or send us an email at I'd rather stay in podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from our listeners.
1: Talk to you soon.